0: You're listening to DraftKings Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again, and that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity.
0: I saw the tweet. I responded, I was like, oh, shit, is your tour canceled? Because, see, I would have been upset about that because I'm loving the TikToks of people making outfits for it, just like mm-hmm. they did for, like, Harry's house and things like that. Like, I'm here for those, like, crafty moments because I'm like, oh, cool. Everyone's, like, bejeweling their stuff and bedazzling it. And we love that. See? Bejeweled. Huh? See? Mm-hmm. Huh? But I, I had concerns that like something was seriously wrong. I didn't like, I don't know. Something anything. is
2: seriously wrong.
0: <laughs> but isn't this. And you still haven't apologized. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry for not knowing. I'm sorry for not knowing this was a bad thing. But for me, as a innocent bystander of Taylor Swift's career, I have learned that she makes very popular music. From her breakups, as many artists do, and here is a relationship with someone who isn't famous. So that's an interesting he is, twist He's too. an actor, Shana. He's, I mean, he's not. He's not as famous here. Okay. <laughs> 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 I don't even know who he is.
1: Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the two Many Men podcast. My name is Allison Lucan, and I am joined by the latest, but most certainly the very best, Ruins beat reporter-ish, Sarah Sivian. How are you today? I'm
2: good, yeah, getting ready for the playoffs. Nice week in Boston here, and everything's coming up.
1: Amazing. You also got to meet one of my favorite people, Lindsey Brown, women in STEM. I did, yeah, I already knew her, but me and her are in the same wedding. Isn't that
2: crazy? Because she met one of my best friends from home at, school in maryland and we're all connected somehow so i love to meet women in hockey she worked for the sabers now she works for the kraken
1: and she's outstanding we stand mm-hmm. hardcore so yay uh we of course would not be too many men without the newest but also the best <laughs> voting member of the professional hockey writers association Ooh. shana your ballot, Shayna. say hi Hi. No, not yet. But
0: we'll have to just retract the statement if necessary. Later,
1: we'll see. Although I, I've, I've actually been thinking about that whole situation quite a bit. Um. Mm. Anyway, that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get right to our content, my friends. It is time for Sarah Civian's favorite segment. Sarah, what time is it? o news. Bit. O news. My friends, we have some news to talk about. Let's start with something that Sarah, as I mentioned, is covering and you should be following her if you aren't already for the best coverage. The only coverage you need. Yesterday, the Boston Bruins set a single season record four wins with 63 wins, taking a victory over the Flyers David Pasternak, I think you said Sarah at one point could have 200 goals. We were thinking (laughs) he had
2: 10 shots, maybe 11 and like half of them. I mean, more than half are high danger, but yeah, he had a
1: hat trick. Look at you. Look at you, women yeah, in we're STEM. we're trying
2: to dial in. We're- <laughs> women in STEM.
1: <laughs> That's for Lindsay. Lindsay always says that, women in STEM. <laughs> but but in all seriousness, Sarah, you're you have you're from the area. So the Bruins have always been a team on your radar. Not that you're not looking at the entire league all the time, but how significant is this accomplishment? And just what a powerhouse do the Bruins continue to be? It's, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, it's just amazing. The Significance is also just because they dealt with a lot of injuries at the beginning of the season, a lot of, like, now there's a lot of either sickness or people are resting. Like, they got Allmark completely resting. Um, they've got sometimes Marchand, sometimes Bergeron are out lately, and they just keep winning. And Pasternak, like, had a stomach flu and got a hat trick and is not sitting out. Like, you can just tell the passion. Obviously, everybody has passion for the game, but Uh-oh. Pasternak kind of takes The it passion? Ad- Oh, the, how did the girls oh, affect not, the oh, so we got no. it. Three minutes, three minutes, new records. <laughs> uh, yes. It's incredible to see. And especially in this era where it seems like every team is better than it has been historically, it's like they're still breaking records. So I think that's really special. But there's so much pressure for the playoffs now, too. So we'll see.
1: It is incredible when you look at, I mean, I don't think anyone was fully counting out the Bruins at the start of the season, but Sarah mentioned the injuries and it was significant players out. And it was, we all wondered, myself included, what the Bruins were even going to be. And they come out and do this. Shayna, what has impressed you most about the Boston team this season?
0: Yeah, it's the players who started everything, right? That I think kind of stood out above their as Like we know Charlie McAvoy's elite. We knew that he would be great when he returned the same with Brad Marchand, but it's Patrice Bergeron doing this at 37 years old. He's legitimately going to win the Selkie because he's incredible. And like, as much as we look at him and go, well, he's the best defensive forward in the league. We also go, he's doing this when, you know, typical aging curves say you shouldn't be as good. And even though, you know, elite players, their average is still way above average as they decline. Like this level is ridiculous. And, You know, you have players like Hampus Lindholm, who has broken out, I think, and showed that like how much environment can really weigh a player down. We're seeing levels from him that are similar to like peak Lindholm that maybe got overlooked a little bit because he was in Anaheim. So it's it's those players who really picked up the pieces from the beginning and then maintained it. So when you get everybody together, you just have like this super strength. And it's it's impressive to see with the new coaching staff, like how it all looks.
2: Yeah, it's kind of crazy just thinking about at the beginning of this season, they didn't know if Bergeron or Krejci, and Krejci has such an impact on this team that some people don't realize. They didn't know if he was coming back either. He came back with on a $1 million deal. So it's like they're making it work. They were able to get Taylor Hall, Pavel Zaka, a bunch of guys, and then guys at the deadline just because of these deals that veterans they're like okay i believe on this team let's sign a one-year deal and they all ended up coming back but yeah we didn't know what it was going to look like with jim montgomery that was a confusing hire from the outside and it's all working
0: he gets a lot of credit jim montgomery what he's doing right because it's like the players that he's worked like jake debresque playing at his potential finally consistently at this level and players like you look down the lineup charlie coyle what you know how he's helped his game like I'm really impressed by him because we didn't get a good enough chance, I think, in Dallas. Like, we knew what he could bring. And we only got to see a little bit of it. So now to see it with the Bruins, I'm intrigued. And Zaka is a good player you mentioned. That's someone that everybody lost faith in in New Jersey. Like, you could, every single person wanted him traded. Every Devils fan wanted him tra- traded. They had enough because he had that high draft stock and never lived up to it. But if you can get him in the right place in the lineup and really just maximize his game, look at the difference. And that's you know, management, that's smart on management, it's good on coaching and it's good on the player too.
1: 100%, 100%. Well, kudos to the Bruins. May they not face the same fate as the last team who achieved such heights. And that was the Tampa Bay Lightning who went to the playoffs and promptly got swept. I only say this because I was there, so. <laughs> not to dig at the Bruins don't come for me Bruins fans he was there
2: it was rare she remembers it all too well R.I.P. Taylor and Joe oh we're getting to that we're um, getting to that no no we no no, no, there, no wait, 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 wait wait before we get there if Boston
0: collapses then it's the curse of too many men that we didn't even know started like look at look what happened when you were there for Columbus if Sarah's somehow there for Boston oh, I surmise see, I see, I see. then we need to find a team for me to hop on and try to well, become no, a beat writer because
1: for. no because I was covering the team that won not the team that collapsed
0: I know but your presence alone <laughs> a legendary team breaking records doing the things and they broke in front of you because here are too many men we your love our dogs
1: <laughs> amazing <laughs>
0: Listen, we need the Leafs to go up against the super team with one of us there. And that's how they get out of the first round. We tied it back. Well, I was there for Bruins Leafs
1: 2017. So there we go. No, they lost. All All right. In some other NHL news, um, we also want to offer congratulations to your Seattle Kraken, who clinched their first playoff spot in franchise history. You guys, they're at 98 standings points with three games to go. The fact that they could have 100 points this season is incredible and mind-blowing and awesome. I obviously am super proud and impressed by this team. But from the outside, what has stuck out to you, Shana, about the mighty Seattle Kraken?
0: I'm just having fun watching them. Like, everybody was so harsh on them last year because they weren't the Golden Knights. And the Golden Knights set this bar for expansion teams that really shouldn't have been held to the Kraken. It wasn't fair. You should have looked at them against all expansion teams. And what they did this year, it's just it just shows one smart management to address needs, right? What did they need? They figured out they got it. And two finding these reclamation projects and investing the time in them to create a lineup that is so different from everyone else in the league with the number of unique goal scores, with the contributions, with the way they deploy their forwards. Like, there's so much to dig into here that everyone might say, well, they don't have the star power. Like, let's see how they fare in the playoffs without that star power. I'm so I think the Devils and the Kraken are the two teams that give me the most questions I want to see answered to push back on things that we know to be true in the playoffs. So like, I'm really thrilled that they're here because I want, I just want to see how it goes. I want to learn from it. Yes. I'm a fucking nerd. Shut up.
2: She's listening and learning (laughs) and collecting the data. She's a woman in STEM. I, I agree. You bring up the point about star power and it's just like the good, the best guys on the team are pretty young. So maybe we just don't know. What we don't know about them yet, right? And I can tell you, Maddie Veneers is going to be a star. And uh, just the goals scored. I mean, I know. Sorry, how do you say his example. name? Benny Benet <laughs> <laughs> from the South Shore oh. of Massachusetts. Oh is, my God. I think, Allison, I know there's probably so many more complex things that you've broken down so well, but like, I just think sometimes it is as simple as scoring a lot of goals and on a tough
1: league. 100%. And I would like to say my brothers in Christ in the stats community stop getting bent out of shape because the Kraken tweeted the Money Puck rankings. Oh, like it's people funny. were It was hilarious but like people were literally not? Well, at the start of the season, the Kraken many people and the team has talked about this had counted them out after last year. Mm-hmm. So the Kraken when they clinch quote tweeted the original Money Puck percentages which had the Kraken not as a playoff team and money puck thought it was hilarious and then like people in the stats community were all like pissed off and mad about it. I'm like you guys come on like we're not all going to be right all the time it's funny like this is what gives us a bad rep so please but stop. Make a joke yeah exactly exactly all right another little quick piece o news here that we want to touch on is that it's being reported on Monday shocker friends Mark Stone is back and practicing with the Vegas Golden Knights conveniently as their season winds up and they gear up for their playoffs. Shana, what do you make of this?
0: Okay. I just, I like, before we get into like the, Oh, is there a conspiracy with like long-term IR? Like I cannot see Mark Stone ever going along with that. That man wants to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he's a team guy. And even if they're like, well, we need the cap space type thing. Like I don't, I think he wants to be out there every single game. So i I am hoping all things are kosher over here because I'm so tired of those narratives, like dominating like with Kucherov because it took away from the return of an elite player and actually watching his return after hip surgery, which was hard to come back from. Um, I love Mark Stone. He's one of my favorite players in the league because For one, he's elite, right, on both ends of the ice. He's not a center doing it. He's a winger that he can make up for not having that elite center. And on the other hand, he is a fucking blast. The energy he brings, the vibes he brings, how hyped he gets when his teammates score, how hyped he gets when he scores goals, the goal doesn't even have to matter. And he's, like, having the best time out there. I feel like it's so infectious, and I think he makes the Golden Knights so much more likable. So I'm
2: very here for it. Also, okay, change the rules then. Like, why would people not use something well within their rules and we don't need the conspiracies i just think i agree totally with mark stone and at that age age i'm like that age too (laughs) you're like playing (laughs) for contracts for well into the future you know you don't want to get a reputation of being hurt so there's just think with your brains everything is not a conspiracy
1: a hundred percent And we would like to wrap up our bit own news with a congratulations to Quinnipiac who beat Minnesota to win their first ever, I believe, right? NCAA championship. Kudos to them. All the stars are now signing with their NHL teams, which we will talk about more in a second, but shout out to Quinnipiac. That was fun. Did anyone have a chance to take out the, take in the game?
2: Yeah, I did. I yeah. was watching it and um, I was talking to Rod Brindemore because his son Skyler right? was in it and he said, yeah, amazing just memory. Just humble brag. I was talking to Rod Brindamore. <laughs> I know, no. Friend I, of the pod, he, official right. friend of the pod. He is friend of Too Many Men podcast. I just congratulated him. I wasn't deep in conversation, but he was like, yeah. Family <laughs> memories. It was just so cute to see their whole family there in Tampa. Like,
1: in their little hats. It was very adorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very adorable. All right, my friends, it is time, unfortunately and I'm springing this on you. You didn't know it was there, I kept it out of the notes. It's time for our shit list. And friends, for first time ever, Shayna, you're on the shit list.
0: Oh my God, this is where we're going with it. Uh, why am I on the shit list? Well, multiple reasons. First I of all, know, <laughs> <laughs> like I know what this is a general idea about. I was being a supportive friend and this is the shit I get.
1: But okay, first of all, you were not being supportive. You did not know the news. We are talking, of course, about the reported demise of our beloved. We want friend of the pod, Taylor Swift's long-term relationship with Joe Alwyn First of all, you didn't know. And second of all, you didn't offer your condolences to Sarah. She had to ask for them. Sarah, speak your piece. I I Can I apologize for that? (laughs) Speak now, Sarah. Speak now. (laughs)
0: Yes. Shayna, you have the floor to apologize. Honestly, I saw Allison's tweet and I immediately just opened up my text and I... Was like, what happened? What's wrong? Because I legitimately I'm thinking, like, holy shit, that her tour canceled? I'm not looking up <laughs> the news. I'm texting <laughs> the news source who tweeted about it. I should have texted you both, but I just I saw the tweet, I responded, and I was like, oh shit, is her tour canceled? Because see, I would have been upset about that because I'm loving the TikToks of people making outfits for it, just like mm-hmm. they did for like Harry's house and things like that. Like, I'm here for those like crafty moments because I'm like, oh cool, everyone's like bejeweling their stuff and bedazzling it, and we love that. See? bejeweled huh see mm-hmm. huh <laughs> but I I had concerns that like something was seriously wrong I didn't like I don't know it is
2: seriously wrong
0: <laughs> but isn't this and you still haven't apologized yes <laughs> I'm sorry for not knowing I'm sorry for not knowing this was a bad thing but for me as a innocent bystander of Taylor Swift's career I have learned that she makes very popular music from her breakups as many artists do and here is a relationship with someone who isn't famous so that's an interesting he is, twist he's too. an actor shana he's, trying. Mean, he's not he's not as famous here okay for fuck's sake i don't even know who he is okay here is someone that she was with for a very long time six so years a, okay very long time that's more than any of the other relationships correct <laughs> that yes. she made music job. off of she mm-hmm. could have like literally an album per year about this think of the content she could do a full tour just about this relationship think about that content that is good and how she finds herself again after this relationship another album right now i just got you seven new taylor swift albums original content along with the stuff she's still re-recording Shayna,
1: she's already been recording songs about him for t- and he wrote songs with her so he right, was already but- inspiring her
0: but now she's going to be inspired all over again, but individually because she's taking her power back as her songwriter and out, here ready to crush it individually because this is what it's all about. The collaborations are nice, but we're all about Taylor. We're supporting Taylor as an individual. And if she wanted to break up, what if she wanted to break up with him? We don't know that she got broken up don't with, know. right? We don't What know if she anything. ended it? What if she said, I'm a badass bitch and I don't need this anymore? We don't. She maybe
2: because she's on her tour and running around the world, maybe he wanted to settle down and she said, no, I'm... Becoming a billionaire and jetting, mm-hmm. and using
0: my... He didn't posters. even go to her shows. Well, yeah. because they were broken they up. They were broken up. Oh, already? They were broken <laughs> up before the tour started? <laughs> I
2: thought they we broke don't up don't really know. But they... the thing is, like, E.T. and people are breaking it. So you know that it's real. Because people yes. are saying, I wait till she says it. She's never commented publicly about any of her... Just wait till the, the album comes out then, yeah. friends. Dear Joe.
1: <laughs> Dear Joe.
2: She'll be on she'll sing London Boy and she'll be like, you know, I hate a London
1: boy. And <laughs> add it to the set. <laughs> so Shana, we'll wait for you to make it up for us. We'll see. It's gonna take I, a I took an interest.
0: I am here asking the questions, taking an interest, having conversations about that. I don't see you guys doing that with me about wrestling. <laughs> I don't see you being like, Oh my god, did the wrestler you want win the belt? Or did anything they? like that? Who's to say? I don't know. (laughs) uh, Yeah, someone I like has the belt. Someone I like has one of the belts. All right, we'll we'll have a new segment. Yes,
1: we'll we'll have a new segment on the show about Shayna's wrestling. Thank you. Sarah, do you have- I I just have to pick an interest I know you two dislike. It just makes me sad because I thought they were adorable and like, it just makes me sad. But you're right. It could be her choice. Sarah, do you have any closing thoughts on the end of Taylor's most recent relationship or Shayna's brash- an abject dismissal of our emotional state and time i'm not well, dismissing you, you <laughs> can't interrupt her let her talk
2: thank you i send my best to taylor i think we're having single girl summer together and we're gonna have a really fun summer and i need her to like release some bops about
1: it i yes. don't want any of the sad shit yes we have enough of that yes all right Shayna, do you want to apologize again
0: I don't think I'm in the wrong. I think I actually <laughs> have been proven right this entire time by Sarah. We want single girl bops. We're having a good summer. We're supporting Taylor individually because when you when someone breaks up, you pick a side. We've all picked it. It's Taylor's side. Mm-hmm. Now, let's see what the fashion. Let's see the music. See the tour. Who's to say?
1: Okay. May you never be on the shit list again. How about that?
0: <laughs> yeah, fucking right. Deal. <laughs> I'm going to make a fucking, the burn book. I'm going to make a new one. It's going to be my face plastered all <laughs> over it. That says anti-shit list. I'm over this.
2: Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook?
1: Yep, yeah. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop
2: playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook.
1: Got it. it Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Chevrolet. Now's your chance to support a team with real grit. The Chevy ZR2 family of off-road trucks. The first ever Silverado HD ZR2 joins the all-new Colorado ZR2 and the Silverado ZR2 for a commanding lineup of off-road ready trucks. Equipped to take on anything this season throws their way. Visit Chevy.com to learn more.
0: Jewelry can say many things on your wedding day. As a wedding
1: band, it can say, this is a forever symbol of our forever love as a gift to your wedding party it can say thanks for standing up there with us blue nile can help you find the piece that says it all and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price go to blue nile.com and experience the
0: convenience of shopping blue nile the original online jeweler since 1999
1: that's blue nile.com all right let's move on my friends to our new favorite segment and that is how does this affect the leaves? I think we need merch for how does this affect the leaves, Shayna.
0: We're working on it. I gave my sister a logo idea and she made it and she was like, I have a better idea and she's redesigning
1: it. So okay, we need it for the playoffs.
0: Though. I told her, I told her we're on a timer. The playoffs are starting. They're going to get out in round one. I need it to be relevant before then. And she did not understand what I said. And I <laughs> yelled at her and that was it. So I will call her after this podcast and continue to yell at her because she doesn't listen to this. No, she, Deb listens to this. Alexa is like, it's weird hearing your voice. I'm like, Alexa Perfect. does not read anything I write. She does not ask me about work. She does not give a shit. She doesn't see me. And she just says nothing about it. So we do appreciate like, Alexa,
1: though. We can't shit we on do. Alexa. She does help us quite a bit. Actually, no, we can so.
0: shit on Alexa. I can shit on
1: Alexa. She's not going to hear this. Deb's right. not going to tell us. Well, okay. This will be so, the
2: test. So
1: <laughs> let's go into how does this affect beliefs? We have two burgeoning storylines in terms of how does this affect beliefs? And the first is in fact something the Leafs did. There was great uproar and it was a 32 team game day on Saturday, which is absolutely insane. And we don't have enough time to go into why that is annoying. So I was unable to catch this real time because I was working, but I came back to the uproar and I was floored again at the just insane reaction to this. But in a game against Montreal, Toronto did two things that apparently set off the hockey world. First, they played their top power play unit late in the game, which they were winning ultimately by the score of 7-1 to over the Habs. And then also because they were going through some cap machinations because they were about to sign Matthew Nyes, they had an e-bug, Jet Alexander, come in and play late in the game. And the quote that came out after the fact was from Chris Weidman, quote, they'll get what they deserve in a few weeks. I will say I have seen coaches, namely John Tortorella, lose their shit about an opposing coach playing a top power play unit late in a game that is clearly already decided. So I have some space for that. But I cannot believe the uproar about the e-bug situation. Like, this is a nice story. Give the kids some ice time. It's fine. It's not an insult to the Habs. Habs, you're an insult to the Habs. Like, look at what you've done this year. So I couldn't believe the uproar. But Sarah, did you see any of this? And what was your reaction to what the Leafs did? And then also the reaction to what the Leafs did?
2: Like, okay, Chris Weidman, (laughs) the fact that he's Like, oh, they'll get out in the first round when they aren't even in the playoffs. Like, I just think he's not one to talk. And I think obviously Matt Murray is still injured and they don't, it's not like they had their number one or whatever goalie and couldn't put him in. Like they don't have that many options. So why not get this guy in? What are they, what's the Canadian's going to do? Come back and win the game? That's not, that was not ever on the table. And they should want to be tanking. They're tanking. I just think it's so ridiculous in this sport, how there's a culture about you can't win too hard. I mean, I get it about the power play unit, but I also think they're getting close to the playoffs and they kind of just want to like try a few new plays out or something.
1: Shayna, were you shocked by the reaction or is this what we've come to expect from the hockey men?
0: No, this is fully what I expect. And everyone's like so salty about it. And like, I get it. It sucks to be embarrassed. And lose that badly. Like, first of all, I thought Jed Alexander should have gone in sooner because I, like we talked about it the other day with like Samson health. I think they need to be like so careful. And I would have just given him the third period anyway. But the fact that he got his moment is something that we should all appreciate. He got one minute of play. That doesn't affect you. That does not right. hurt you. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. You were part of a big moment for someone. And if you really wanted to try scoring on him, like do it. I'm sorry if you couldn't manage that in 60 seconds. Yeah. Of play. Like, just shut up the power play thing I get it if this is a game in like February or January right like right. oh I I can understand it I like what um Emily Matheson's husband said Mike he said mm-hmm. something like you know this team's going to the playoffs and they have to figure out that power play like not for nothing they just got O'Reilly back like and he was like these guys need as many puck touches as possible on the power play I think is what it is like along the lines of what he said he's like so this is their chance to get it and he's right the, the clock is ticking. The pressure's on in Toronto. Everybody knows it. They're going to go up against the Lightning. Everybody knows it. They need to have all the options, be as ready as humanly possible against a penalty heel and an elite goalie. So get those guys out there. Get them feeling confident. You have only so much time to do that. Sure, it doesn't suck. It's against your team. But like you
2: put yourself in that situation by losing so miserably. So just stop whining. I'm also Better. confused about Do they want them to play well and put their number one power play unit out or do they want them to
1: play? They feel it's insulting. Like good. it's like it's like like kicking you when you're already down. They want but you to play it, a low like a not your top power play. unit. Isn't
2: it embarrassing the other way? A good goalie and they wanted the good get
1: right that makes
2: no sense together
1: i agree
0: (laughs) also like isn't it and i would say it's insulting like we're beating you so bad we can put out fourth liners on the power play and still be better than you like i would be insulted i'd be like fuck you give me your top guys i want to crush them like that should be your response i don't mind them like talking shit about beliefs like we all know how this is going to end like i don't even mind that so much it's it's the context before it that i'm like "Mm." like if you wanted to make fun of it like Oh, they won this game in the regular season against us. That's nice. Now go do it in the playoffs. We all know how that's gonna go. I'd be like, "Fucking right, Chris Weidman. <laughs> that's some shit talking." But the way he went about it, it's like, "Oh, they did this to us, and now fuck you. You're gonna lose in round one." Like, shut up. It is kind of funny, but like, dude,
1: <laughs> this this the wisdom of this? that doesn't make sense together. <laughs> is incredible. I love it so much. All right, so Shana, you mentioned it. This was our other. How does this affect the Leafs? The Tampa Bay Lightning, who we thought we had fixed by talking about, (laughs) are now broken again, literally not just on the score sheet, but literally broken Um, as reported. And and this came from multiple sources, but the cumulative report I'm reading from Chris Johnston um, at Reporter Chris on Twitter. The injuries are piling up for the Tampa Bay Lightning with Anthony Sorelli, Brandon Hagel, Tanner Janot, Pat Maroon and Eric Chernak all currently on the sidelines by all reports, the Tanner Janot, he gets tangled up and goes down on the ice. It looked to be something not great, lower body. Um, he's, he already headed home and was looking at reports, and John Cooper was not optimistic about his opportunity to return. But the Tampa Bay Lightning may actually be not as strong as they usually are, particularly going into this postseason. Uh, Shayna, with those injuries, which one do you think is most significant and does this severely hurt Tampa Bay. And does this help the chances that Toronto can actually win a series? It
0: helps them and it hurts them because if they don't beat them without these players, we have bigger problems and it's like, they don't need anything else. Go. I feel like the Leafs don't need anything going their way because if it does and they can't pull it off, it's worse for them. I think I saw that Sorelli and Hegel were out there for morning skate mm. one morning. So I think okay. that they're like inching closer. Those are the two players for me to watch for because Sorelli, we did see last postseason have really strong games against, you know, like Austin Matthews. He's a really good shutdown center. And if they use him properly, you know, in the right minutes and all of that, like they can get the matchups really well. And Matthews is someone who needs to break out a little bit more in the playoffs. He's the one that the pressure is going to be on. Like we've seen Marner do it, even though everyone wants to shit on his game. We've seen Nylander do it, even though everyone wants to shit on his game. But Matthews is the one I think that really needs to take it up a notch. And he has been at the end of the regular season, so... If you don't have Sorelli going up against him, that's huge. But, like, Hagel, for me, is the player all season who's been just outstanding in Tampa with Kucherov and point. So I'm like, those are the two that I would say are going to hurt them the most because Hagel can play well on both ends of the ice, too. So, I mean, either way, though, like, if the Leafs somehow didn't have them in the lineup, like, the Leafs didn't have to go up against them, like, I can't imagine them losing games and what their reaction would be. I can, actually. I can't wait for it.
1: Sarah? are you more are you you're already high on the leaps you've already been there and put out your prediction does this only increase your confidence in their abilities um it's not really moving the needle that much for
2: me i agree with shana that sorelli and Hagel are the two to watch out for but it's not like like every team sustains pretty serious injuries at least like throughout the first few rounds so this is already happening now um I just don't think. I was looking at the Lightning roster the other day, and sometimes we forget since they've been around forever how stacked it is. I mean, you got Gucherov, you got Point, you got. And the Lightning have done things without significant players before. The only thing that matters to me is if Vasilevsky's hurt or not, and he's not. So the the Leafs are going to have to face Vasilevsky regardless, and that's really like the most, the biggest issue because the Leafs' problem is their scoring drying up.
1: Solid call. All right, let's move in to the rest of the hockey universe because we've addressed the most important team first. So now we can talk <laughs> about the rest of them um, continuing with some injuries. And, you know, we had kind of stopped highlighting all the injuries because it's more bito news. But these are injuries like we just talked about with Tampa Bay that could significantly impact the postseason when every game is so huge. And Minnesota, another team already locked into their spot in the playoffs loses Joel Eriksson-Eck and Oscar Sundquist uh, when they were playing against Pittsburgh. Um, Obviously, Eriksson-Eck is the bigger concern for this team. They are getting some reinforcements. They've obviously got Kaprizov coming back. They've got Gus Nyquist has joined the lineup. Sarah, are you concerned about the blow to the wild heading into the playoffs when they don't have a big window of time here to keep trying to go into the postseason with these two losses?
2: I really don't know what to expect from the wild, you know? I I do think they have been really, really consistent at the end of this season, and and I feel like there's no reason to doubt them that severely right now just because they keep proving me wrong. So I do think, and people forget that they have qualified for the playoffs, like what is it, eight of the last nine years, seven of the last eight years or something, but this year feels a little different for them. And it's again with the injuries, like I don't know, I do think good teams rise above whatever injury and they know that this is a deep team where it's like, I don't think there's that much start power, but they have everything throughout the lineup that they need. So I do think that helps them here.
1: Shayna, what do you make of the wild right now?
2: Yeah,
0: like this is tough. Like we saw the Kaprizov injury open the door to Matt Boldy, really stepping it up and being like, I can be the star of the team. The offense can run through me. And then when you have Kaprizov come back, you're like, great, this is the one-two punch this team's been missing. Look at the offense they have spread out between their top six, but their center depth has always been thin. Like not for nothing, Ryan Hartman's not a first-line center player, and that's who they have playing the first line. You know, Sam Steele was playing there before, so now he's in place of Ericssonek. I think on that second line for the moment, but it just they address something, and it doesn't even matter. You know, they brought in some Sunquist just to have a little bit more versatility, and it doesn't even matter. Like Ericssonek to me is one of their most important players. He is really good offensively you know and he's been showing that with finishing talent that he was missing up until the last two years his defensive impact is one of the best among all centers and he's someone that is just so hard to play against infuriates opponents forces them to take penalties so to lose that is so tough and that line with Boldy and him has been unbelievable so I really wonder how much they're going to be able to maintain it like I think Boldy is a star in himself but I think it's so different when you have someone like Eriksson because he's so responsible defensively the bright side is too like they're getting the reinforcements Brock Faber's playing tonight I believe and that's you know an exciting moment the big one here is Rossi like do the coaches finally let him legitimately play because I think he's kind of the wild card if he gets true minutes and isn't just buried on the fourth line and maybe gets to play with Boldy a bit. Could they find that like chemistry that everybody's been waiting for them to get a chance to prove that they have that for me is the game changer because like Minnesota, I don't think is going to have an easy round one at all because if they end up as first place, I I don't like they're not going to get the Jets. They're going to get someone like the Kraken. If not, you're getting Dallas or Colorado. They, they have so much stacked up against them that they need whatever help they can get. So they need it that someone can truly step up as a, as a legit 2C and that the depth on the third and fourth line doesn't suffer. Like, it's just all messy right now. And it's crazy the impact one player can have on the lineup. And it just feels like that's happening because they're so stretched thin down the middle.
1: It's going to be interesting to watch for sure. Let's talk about another team that has clinched. And it was funny. I was watching some hockey this past weekend, and I said to Steve, and I said, does Carolina even want to win games? Because they may be returning to something that they didn't love about themselves last season, and that is... Do they potentially have a road game problem? They've lost their last two games on the road at Nashville and at Buffalo, two teams that you would think on paper they should be able to beat, in fact, getting shut out by Buffalo. And of their last two road games where they were at Montreal and at Detroit, they lost to Detroit. Sarah, you were covering cov- covering covering the Hurricanes last year when it seemed like they just couldn't get it done, particularly in the postseason on the road. It literally became a thing. Are we seeing shades of this again, or is this just an up and down finish to a team that's already got a playoff spot?
2: I would say the latter most likely, just because it's like it really at this stage just get to the playoffs, especially with a team that isn't fighting for like a league record, but also has made the playoffs every year for the past five years, but it's what happens when you don't, you get a little cocky, don't do anything at the deadline, and then your star player, Andres Vetchnikov, goes down, right? They're, that's just going to be the question mark for the entire playoffs. And they also said something interesting where they weren't playing any goalie, like back to back or at all. And like, I forget exactly what Woodell did, but he was like, okay, there's not going to be any goalie that's ever playing a back to back game for like the last month and a half. So I do think they're, managing that in an interesting way, like a load management situation before the playoffs. So they clearly didn't care that much once they got into the playoffs, which I think is actually smart, honestly. But I just worry about the scoring power and general power of the team without Svech.
1: Shayna, in addition to what, to Sarah's points, are there things that you worry about with Carolina? Do you think this is coming back? It was the Rangers that kicked them out last season when they just couldn't get it done at the Garden. What do you make of the current Kane situation?
0: Yeah, like I get the load management and I get that you don't have to like go out there every night and like like look at the injury risk, right? You know, we saw Tampa Bay play the Rangers the other night and we just see players dropping and getting injured and playing in a way that you're like, you don't need to do this right now. And I get that, but... For one, like with the goaltending, like you should be preparing your goalies to play back-to-back games because you don't do it often in the regular season and in the postseason you're doing it unless you are really bad in that first half and the team needs a new vibe. But it's just like the the caliber play the last month is honestly concerning. They don't look like themselves and that's not what you want going into the playoffs, especially because they can slide down the standings. I think that they're in much better shape if they finish out first. I think the Canes have matched up really well against the Islanders for years. And like, yes, the playoffs are a different animal and things like that. But like, we know that to be true. I, yeah, there's the whole, they don't have a lot of finishing talent and you're going against and That's challenge. But like, That I think that's a true thing about them. Or if they get lucky and could fall, you know, to the Panthers, like that might benefit them too. Sliding to the second slot, I don't think is ideal for them because they don't match up well to the Rangers in the regular season or the playoffs. It's a team that, yes, the Canes know very well, but the Rangers know them very well too. And I don't think that benefits them that much. So I feel like these games are really important to them. And, you know, like if the Devils can rise enough in the last two games and the Canes can fall, like it can hurt them. So they have to find a way to get hot at the right time again because – the slide right now is, is is a little bit concerning unless they can figure out a way to get it to that full stop and then somehow turn things completely around. You want this slide to happen a month ago, and then you adjust and figure it out that you're
1: going into the playoffs with a little bit of momentum, I think. 100%. All right, let's stay in the East. And well, you know, again, if you are fans of your team and you're not happy with how they're performing, just have us talk about them because we seem to be the ones to change the direction of things. It was a couple episodes ago that we all three decided that Florida was officially done and not making it into the postseason. And my friends, they actually have a scenario where they can clinch tonight, tonight being Monday. And I'm reporting from dear friend of the pod, Micah Blake McCurdy at ineffective math on Twitter. If both the Islanders and the Panthers take as many points from their games today As the Sabres take from theirs, Buffalo will be eliminated from playoff contention. If Buffalo takes more points than either Florida or New York Islanders, then the Sabres will survive the day. However, there is a scenario where Florida can clinch. We may end up being proven wrong if we look at the three teams still vying for the final playoff spot in the East, Pittsburgh has Chicago and the Blue Jackets to round out their regular season. The Islanders have Washington and Montreal. Florida has Toronto and Carolina, arguably the most difficult remaining schedule of the three. Sarah, do we need to change our prediction? Can Florida do it? I think so. I think the way the tide has
2: been trending too, and just kind of like that one team that has that magic at the end of the season. I do think I'm right. Once again, about the Islanders getting in and everybody tried to tell me no, but I think it's going to be Islanders, Panthers, just they have the vibes right now. And sometimes that's what you need to explain. And once again, it's not that I don't wish Connor McDavid existed. I wish there was a separate trophy for him because Kachuk. I really want him to get the heart trophy.
1: Amazing. I like this. I, I do think there happy. needs to be a separate award for Connor. Yeah. It's like, it's take. Like, we get it. You're good. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And to, to be clear, I want to read this too. the actual clinching scenario for the Panthers is if they defeat Toronto in regulation or overtime and the Islanders lose to the Capitals in regulation. Shana, how wrong were we about Florida? Will they do it?
0: I feel like they're going to do it because I think if they had the easier schedule, I would actually be picking against them for some reason. The winnable games for them are the ones that they are messing up on. And then when they need these big games, they really come out to play. But we have to give like credit. I think it's three core players, right? Three, not core, key players doing this. We have Carter Verhage, who whenever the stakes are high, he just comes up. I think that he deserves like all the appreciation in the, in the world. We know he's a good playoff performer too. You have Matthew Kachuk, like you said. That is MVP caliber. That go-ahead goal in the last two minutes of play Saturday night was so important. The way the team reacted, like, it was amazing. And Alex Lyon has saved, I think it's nine goals above expected through 13 games against the Sabres. He had a huge game. He saved 4.7, and against the Uh Senators, the next game, he saved almost five goals above expected in a single game. He's somehow managing the chaos so well. He's making the goalie conversation so interesting. And it's like he's someone that has something to prove and he legitimately is proving it right now. So it's like I do want to see this team make it because I want to see where it goes. But I just feel like they're they're getting hot at the right time. And even like I don't like management there, I don't like coaching there, but the players. Are finding ways to kind of get past where the team, they're weak defensively. Here's a goalie who's somehow stopping it. You know, they're strong offensively. Like, here's the top performers making the difference. So I don't know. Like, I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be them and the Islanders because Pittsburgh, there's just
1: too many holes. Well, we will see. So Pittsburgh's
0: going to come back now (laughs) and make it. And you're welcome, (laughs) Pittsburgh. We'll take our fucking checks in the mail.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, We've been wrong before, but we may not be wrong often. We'll see.
2: We're not really wrong ever.
1: Okay, we'll go with that one. I like it better. Uh, One other team that we seem to be fixing and then not fixing, and now here we are again, Tampa Bay, after they did right the ship with three wins at Carolina, hosting the Capitals and hosting the Islanders, is now three losses straight on their record against the Rangers, the Islanders, and Ottawa. John Cooper, with a quote, we're playing like the season ended when we clinched a playoff spot, like there was no season left. Um, we've talked about this already this episode, but I am in fact a big fan of ending the season strong and being on your game so that that's right where you pick off and not having to try and rediscover it. We've talked about the injuries that Tampa Bay has. Shayna, are the Lightning going to be able to flip a switch come game 83?
0: If anybody knows how to do it, it's Tampa Bay, right? Like the vibes are there. The thing with them is too, like even when they're not having this perfect regular season, I think like Vasilevsky is a prime example of it last year. When, when push comes to shove and it wasn't in game one or two, it was game six and seven. He stood tall and was the elite goaltender. We know him to be in the most clutch moment. So there's, they have that mentality, that do or die mentality. So there's a good chance they can turn things around. But I think, we've heard it before with the lightning, right? They've said it in past seasons. They need to know like the year they got eliminated to Columbus. is like, you can't rest on what you did in the regular season. You need to pick it up at the right time. And I think they learned from that. And the next two years, it's true. You can't come in with this Stanley cup hangover. You need these games in October matter because you can't make the playoffs now, but you can lose them. So it's, it it just keeps going back to that in my mind. Like they know what to do when it matters, but we're going to see how the team has, you know, had to manage some subtractions because they've stayed contending. Like, Losing Ryan McDonough obviously hurt them. So it's things like that. You know, we'll have to see how much subtraction is too much and if they can kind of keep going through that because they spent a ton at the deadline on one player who we all thought would come out with what, like Tanner Janot, bad trade, but guess what? He's going to score that huge goal in game six and everyone's going to forget it was bad. Like you don't have that now.
1: Yep. Yep. They have two games left, Sarah. They host Toronto and Detroit. Will Tampa Bay win those games or look like their former selves going into the postseason?
2: I think the vibes are going to be weird if they don't. Right. And it doesn't. I mean, I you have an emphasis on these last few games. I don't really. But when it comes to John Cooper's statements lately and kind of things that they've done that haven't worked, I think it's important to finish off strong.
1: Absolutely. All right. Well, we are going to keep our eyes on the playoff hunt Two spots remain, one in the West, one in the East. We'll see if there's any more clarity by the time we come back to you later this week with our next episode. And once everything's set, we'll start to break down what we think is going to happen in the postseason. But for now, we end this show like we do every episode, and that's with our very favorite game. And that game is Fuck, Mary Kittle. All right, friends, here we go. As we've been doing, we're going to fuck, Mary kill some potential round one matchups, this time in the East. And Sarah, I'm going to have you go first. Are you ready for your options? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Boston-Pittsburgh, Boston Islanders, or Boston Panthers? Go.
2: I'm going to marry Boston Islanders. I think that would be the most fun with Sorokin. I think that he could really give... The Bruins a surprisingly hard time. I think the Bruins would still win, but I'm going to fuck Bruins Panthers because I also think that would be exciting. I'd like to see Kachuk, Marchand, Imagine, Imagine the Vibes. That would be fun. And I am going to kill, and wait, Matthew Kachuk and um, Jason Tatum from the Celtics are friends. They went to prep school in St. Louis together. So I think that'd be really cute. I don't know. And I'm going to kill... Pan- um, Penguins, Bruins. Because I know I've been shitting on the Penguins a lot, but it's like they're really boring me lately, and it would be boring. Dana, your turn. You're up. Okay. Also, killing
0: Penguins Bruins. First of all, this is shallow, but I don't want another matchup that it's like the same team colors. It drives me up a wall. Like Tampa Toronto last year made me crazy. Like I don't want that. um Also, I don't think it would be that exciting of a matchup because I think the Bruins would completely dismantle the Penguins. So. There's that. And I want to be entertained and it's about me. Um, I am going to fuck Islanders Bruins. I think that would be a banger series because I think that that's two teams that can play your prototypical playoff style hockey. And we're getting Omar against Sorokin. There's a lot of intrigue because Sorokin is undoubtedly a goalie who can steal a series. And I don't think he's getting enough credit for a season this year. Um, Cause he's not as high in the win column, even though like he's the reason the Islanders are here. Uh, but I like the idea of the islanders going through the metro a little bit more because i think every potential matchup hurricanes devils rangers is so intriguing and that is what i want to see i will marry panthers Bruins, because there's something about the panthers the team that nobody trusts rightfully so because of their defense and some goaltending concerns um we all have doubts in them. They have spoiler material written all over them to me. And I think that the regular season games that we've seen from Boston and Florida have been so exciting. They can be these high-scoring affairs and be like, you know, must-see TV. So I kind of like that. Like And like you said, Marchand against Kachuk would be unbelievable. It feels like both sides have these two play, And then you have Bergeron against Barkov. Like, that. those are the matchups I want to see. Like, right there. Give it to me. I'm watching hopefully more than like five games of that
2: series so finally stop saying Barkov's underrated but till the day he retired we're going to be talking about
0: that (laughs) yeah right and it's Bergeron's fault because he's not going to win any awards with Bergeron there so every defensive center has to be underrated because of Bergeron it's all his fault so that's that's you know that's where I'm going let's let's marry that series
1: guess what Shayna you're going to agree with me. I agree with you. For yes. All our friends again. Yes. Just for, just for a little bit, just for a little <laughs> bit. Yes. No, I agree. I, and I think I love the matchups point and I had forgotten how abjectly awful the Toronto Tampa Bay series was from a viewing perspective. So yes, I'm hard, hard, hard agree on no same color teams on the ice at the same time. That would suck. All right, my friends, that does it. For this episode, it is an exciting time. It's a fun time. We will be back with you for our second episode of the week later. Again, like I said, we'll be breaking down the playoff picture as we see fit, touching on anyone who makes our shit list and always bringing you Bitto News. And if you love Bitto News, you can get a Bitto News t-shirt. We have merch Check us out online. We are on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore much underscore man. You can interact with us there. You can find the links to buy notebooks, switch cases, watch bands, sweatshirts, hats, all kinds of good stuff. Again, we use all the proceeds from that to turn around and give it back to causes and people who are doing really cool things, making hockey inclusive and exciting for everyone who wants to be a part of it. And that is how we end every episode as well, is that we ask you to do something, no matter how big or small, to make sure hockey truly is for everyone. We will talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.